You are listening to the Uplevel Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Froelich, a business coach and strategist who helps female entrepreneurs uplevel their business with practical strategies, a rewired mindset, and the accountability to make it stick. With over 15 years of collective hands-on experience in corporate and the entrepreneurial space, I bring a unique and diverse perspective when it comes to helping women grow their businesses. My own business experienced massive growth when I started investing in my business and working with a coach. Now I am here to share those same strategies and insights with you right here week after week. If you are looking for clarity on your business direction and accountability on your goals, then you are in the right place. Let's jump into today's episode. All right, I am so excited to dive into this topic. I feel like I'm hyped up on caffeine, but I am not. But talking about something that I know is going to be so, so incredibly important to all of you listening, and it's likely not the thing that you're embracing the most in your lifestyle and your business practices, but it's so important. And I say that from being someone who resisted it for so long, and that's really looking at the importance of the spiritual and feminine side of building our business and of course, lifestyle. So we're going to let Gina take this away. And what I want to start with is the basics, my friends, like the basic principles, like what does that mean at the core? Because I think that when we hear feminine as driven women who are in this like operational background, and we've built these businesses, it's like, I don't even know how to do feminine in my business. So what do you say to that? Well, thank you so much for having me, first of all. And yes, of course, I understand it. Our society is literally addicted to all things masculine. So let's just start with getting really clear on what masculinity is and what femininity is. And that might seem really basic, but I had to research it to put it in my book. So I I think that um, it's, it's worth a review. So there's masculine and feminine energy within both men and women. And masculine energy is what we know and what we typically attribute to success. It's all things logical, linear, practical, predictable, tangible, concrete. It's about taking action, initiating. It's the doing. It's the thinking. At the end of the day, masculinity is actually about giving. I'll explain more. On the flip side, femininity is the circular. So it's the nonlinear. It's the feeling, not the thinking. It's the being, not the doing. It's the spiritual, not like the invisible, not the tangible. It's the playful and the passionate, not the probable and the predictable. The masculine is about that providing and the protecting. And the femininity is about seeing things not as they are, but as they could be. Ultimately, femininity is about receiving. So One of the sticking points with just even the notion of being feminine in life, let alone business, let alone connecting it to being successful, is that our society has made femininity bad and wrong. It's made it weak. It's made it almost irrelevant, or at best, it's what people do if they have enough time and money left over. And when does that ever happen? So we can also see the imbalance, it's not working. 
being so masculine has been so revered, but it's not sustainable. We're blowing out our adrenals. We're getting burnt out. We're getting dis-ease in our bodies. At best, we're making the money, but we're asking, was it even worth it? We're climbing the corporate ladder, but we're saying, this isn't even what I want. And I don't even know what I want. So the, the real culprit really is with women in particular, how comfortable we are in giving, right? We'll give of our time. We'll give of our advice. We'll give our attention. We'll give our love. We'll give our money. We'll give our focus. We'll give, give, give. And how uncomfortable does it feel to receive any, to receive money, to receive a compliment, to receive a birthday gift. Like it has us like, so we can just see how out of balance we are in the way that we were actually designed to be. So we're designed to be masculine and feminine. It's like breathing in and breathing out. And so you can imagine if we were only breathing in, 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 and 99% of the time and breathing out 1% of the time, how unnatural that actually is. So in the work that I do, I've kind of flipped the tables, if you will, to start to experiment and play with. What happens if I prioritize pleasure, play, intuition, like that, that comes from that spiritual connection, the creativity? What if I actually double down on doing the stuff that I love versus like powering through all the stuff I hate, but reward myself psychologically because I think I'm being so productive and practical? And what I found, and for anyone who doesn't know my, my journey, I was a broke, struggling psychotherapist that had a dream of a bigger life, moved from Detroit to LA, became a life coach, and really started, it's a longer story, but my, my concept is about helping women be the queen of their life. And I realized that queens aren't broke. So I had to figure out how to build a business, make money, et cetera. So I went from being $75,000 in debt to building a multi-million dollar a year business. But I did it with the experiment of, could I build wealth based on feminine principles? And it worked. So I, I can go in a lot of different directions, but this is kind of the foundation of it all. I love that. And that was actually going to be my next question is like, how did you land in the space of realizing that like these principles were so important, but you kind of teed that up. And I did mention your book earlier in the intro. So we will definitely link that in the show notes because I think that's a must get for the audience. So let's talk about these principles. Where do we even begin? Right. So, because where I saw it was when I was the broke, struggling psychotherapist turned life coach who moved to LA and had all my feminine energy friends, and we would go to the new moon circles and we were in community and had flowing sleeves and skirts and the whole thing. All of us were broke as a joke. All of us. Then I looked at my masculine stockbroker, uh, real estate, you know, investment banking, all my friends that were really wealthy as women were all super masculine, working 18 hours a day, and were also sort of miserable. So it's it's not fun being broke. People say money doesn't buy happiness. It's all it buys. P.S. Can we just get honest and real? It doesn't buy all happiness, but that's what money does. It buys happiness, it buys choices, lots of those things. So I saw these two camps. And I didn't want to be part of either one of it. I didn't want to be feminine and broke, and I didn't want to be masculine and wealthy. So it was a, for me, it was a Gandhi be the change moment. I was like, where are the women who are wealthy and feminine? And so when I started studying feminine principles, 
I, I took this risk. I was like, okay, well, femininity is about pleasure, which like means enjoyment, joy in life, like the, the, the parts of your career or life that you love. I was like, what if I trusted that? What if I trusted that the activities that I liked doing would equal income opportunities? And so I would lean into that and I would try that. Now, one thing I love about the archetype of queen, she's not all feminine. So it's not all about like sitting there meditating on your couch and like not doing anything. The archetype of queen is a masterful blend of femininity and masculinity. It just starts with the feminine. And so when I would feel into what's the most pleasurable way for me to make money? And I would start asking that question rather than what's everyone else doing and what's the way it's always been done and what do I think I need to do to make money? So the story's in the book, but I'll I'll tell the story. So uh, fast forward a few years, I had gotten a a little bit of success under my belt. And if you're successful in your business, you've gotten good at sales on some level. And so my clients kept asking me, Gina, would you teach a sales class? Would you teach a sales class? You're so good at it. And I was like, fine. Well, I taught the sales class. And for me at that time, 125 people signed up, which was a lot of people. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Because I'd been teaching all this queen stuff before. I was like, well, this is great. It was, I don't know, it was like 500 bucks a core, a, a person. And I was like, well, you can't learn anything you need to know about sales in six weeks. I'll teach sales superstar too, you know, and we'll do it like a next round. I think I had like a 5,000 person list at the time. And I was like, well, I have 125 happy campers. They'll sign up and other people from the list. And on a $500 online class about sales, it was obviously tactical and it was money making. It's going to help people make money. I had five people re-enroll, like five people out of all these people that could have signed up. And I sat there and I looked at it. And I was like, I took the masculine approach. I took the logical linear, but like logically a whole bunch of people would have signed up for sales superstar too. Like, you know, that seemed like a really predictable thing. It worked here and it was going to work there. But what I took a look at was it wasn't really in my heart. Sure. Mm-hmm. I could do it. We're smart women. We can do a lot of things. I could change a tire, but why would I, you know, it's like, I can teach a sales course, but I wasn't lit up about it. I could just do it. And God, spirit universe was like, I don't have you here to just go through the motions and just do it. So I sat down and I was like, what? that's the first time it came to what's the most pleasurable way I could make money. And it, it came instantly. And I'd never done this before. And I'd never seen anyone do it. But this was the idea. I said, if I could host a client at the Ritz in Paris, like for a, like a luxury VIP day, that would be exciting. And then I was like, well, I really like the Lanesboro in London too. And I'm like, what about a villa in the South of France? And I'm like, a Riyadh in Marrakesh. And it was like, uh, there, I think there was a Greek island thrown in there too. There was there like five, de- no, no, there were seven des- luxury destinations that I selected that I would have loved to have gone to. Picked up these great venues and I charged $15,000 per day per, per person. So one day you get a private time. It was $15,000. I opened it up to that same list. This was literally the next week and all seven spots sold out in five days. And it just, Oh my goodness. I just have to like, Oh my goodness. I have chills. That's amazing. 
And what's amazing is how powerful we are when we are in our own passion, when we are obsessed. Like, can you imagine the energy that was going into that email of like, picture that you, me, the Ritz in Paris, afternoon tea, like come have this private time where we focus on nothing but you. The first woman who signed up, she's like, it's been a childhood dream to go to where Coco Chanel lived. And she like flew mm. from Canada. And like the next person that wanted London wanted that for a reason. And the same thing with the Greek Isles. Like this was so mission oriented. It was so passion based. And my passion magnetized the passion of other people for their own reasons, but like attracts like. And there was nothing logical about this move. The logical move would be like, Jeannie, you can't even sell a $500 course. You should go sell a $99 something. You better drop your rates because you can't do that. The logical thing was you can't sell anything online, let alone in person, who's going to get on a flight and you know do all the travel. So this was not logical. It was passion-based. And so this is the type of thing I'm talking about when I built my wealth based on feminine principles, I would come from a place of passion. And I could tell a lot more stories, but so that's an incredible real life illustration right there. And I mean, it brought me to think of so many instances where it was exactly that. Well, if they want this, like I could do this, but it wasn't I want to, right? Rooted Mm -hmm. in that desire. So I want to talk about a word that you keep using, which Mm -hmm. is pleasure. All right. The audacity. Uh, (laughs) Yes. So my question is when you first started to really embody this feminine side of things Mm -hmm. and, and the pleasure, did you, could you say that word with the same meaning? Was there any connotation that felt like, Ooh, this doesn't fit in my business? Like, what do you, when people are first starting this work with you, do people have reactions? Cause I have a reaction to that word and <laughs> it's been a, it's been my own personal work to have less of a reaction. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's still like, I feel my body kind of moving when you're saying it. And so tell me about that. Sure, sure, sure. I don't think I had this word at the beginning. I probably at the beginning would have been more, I might've even used the word goal. Like my goal is to make a certain amount of money, but I, I, I had the essence more around desire. I probably used the word desires more at the beginning. And now I use the word pleasure on purpose because it has more of a feeling element to it. And it's not just sexual. People sometimes think of like pleasure and sexual. Well, first of all, not all sex is pleasurable. So there's that. (laughs) Let's just be real. Like this is about like, what's pleasurable for you in life? Is it a bowl of pasta? Is it a walk on the beach? Is it working in a luxury hotel? Is it working in a particular way? So that's really where that comes from for me. And when you are experiencing pleasure, you are happy, you are joyful, you are more magnetic, which means you're more powerful and you're going to draw and attract experiences to you. So let me, let me, here, I'll illustrate another one. So in case anyone thinks that like, I just like popped out of the box selling $15,000 one day intensives (laughs) in Paris, that's not how that started. Um, I started when I first moved to LA, I was this you know, broke, struggling life coach. And rather than being consistently broke, I got to be neurotically broke because life uh, coaches could charge in packages. So I invented this $6,000 package 
which sounds super sexy, except for when you sell one every four to six months, not so sexy. So I had like shot my credit, maxed out every credit card. I had gotten down to $100 in my bank account. I didn't have any friends. I had just moved to LA. Family wasn't speaking to me. That was a whole other Oprah. And I'm just depressed in my little apartment in Santa Monica. And I didn't know what else to do but pray. And I was like, dear God, like I'm willing to work hard. I want to make a difference in people's lives. Like, like, why aren't you sending me clients? I like, this is, I was, I was so angry that my gifts and talents weren't being used. Well, after that prayer, a phone call came in and a friend of a friend invited me to a seminar that was in Orange County. So out of the hundred dollars in my bank account, I put $20 worth of gas into my car and I drive down to Orange County. And I, I walk in and like, there's like the, the welcome center and like the secret had just come out. So this is like circa 2004. And there were like stands of DVDs. And before you like checked in that you, they wanted, they were asking you, did you want to buy the secret? And I was like, I don't want to spend that long making a decision over a $20 purchase, but when it is 20% now of your net worth, (laughs) and I was like, well, I'm a risk taker. Sure. I'll get the secret. Then I got my three ring binder and I went, sat in the back of the room and I was, I was like, these Californians are crazy. Like I'm from Michigan. I'm grounded. Like they were like buzzing around the room, high-fiving each other, high on life. And it had been so long since I had felt happy that I thought that these people were super weird, that they were so happy. And so I just didn't want anything to do with this. I like sat in the back of the room and the speaker comes out and says, you will never live a full life unless you're abundantly wealthy. And I was like, well, first of all, I come from a super fundamentalist Christian background. So like, that's just like of the devil is all I could think of. And then my soul opened up and it seemed so obviously true. Like, how could I build a business, hire team members, fly across the world, do all the things I wanted to do unless I was abundantly wealthy? So I'm like, hmm, my antenna goes up. And then like, he's starting to talk about wealth consciousness and anything is possible. And there's more than enough money for anyone and everyone. And there's more than enough clients in the world. He's like saying all this would seem like crazy stuff that nobody had ever said. I was like, money is hard and it takes a long time and it's for other people and not me. And anyways, well, I could feel my vibration starting to raise. And I was like in this room and I was like starting to feel happy. And I was like starting to believe that this could actually be possible for me. And I was like, it was one of those multi-speaker events. So the next speaker that comes out is a lady. And I was like, girl power. And she's like doing her thing. I'm like, all of the teachings are about setting up your non-negotiables. So while they're like doing all this, I'm like, I am never going to struggle again with money, making that claim to myself with my $60 on my debit card. I am never again going to say I'd love to, but I don't have the money. That was my mantra at the time. And so she's doing her thing and she comes out with her pitch and I didn't care what she was going to pitch. I was going to buy it. It was a $17,000 coaching package. $17,000. I never, my parents were school teachers. I never knew anyone who had $17,000 at one time in their life. And I also thought if I had $17,000, I wouldn't even need a coach. I would have solved all of mine and the world's problems. Like what is going on? But like, I knew I needed to get into Like, this is where the passion comes out. Like the feminine passion, like mentorship, support, receiving And so I didn't have all those words at the time, but I was like, yes, this, like, I've got to get into this coaching program. And so I'm like, no problem. I got this. I got this. I go up to her on the break. I'm like, hi, I'm Gina. I'm going to be your next superstar client. Just got one question for you. Do you take payment plans? (laughs) She's like, I don't know where, like, it's not like I had some corporate job or an inheritance coming in. Like, I don't know what that was going to do for me. And she just said, no. Oh, 
I was like, this is the problem with rich people. Like, this is it. Like, like, what is she saying? No, like, I need, this is like, my life is on the line here. I've got to get in. And anyways, but I just promised myself, I would never again say I'd love to, but I don't have the money. So the next speaker comes out, she's got a $10,000 program. So I go up to her assistant and I hand in the order form and I say, you give me two weeks until you run that card. And I had filled in all 16 digits of my debit card with expiration date. And I signed up for the other $10,000 package too. And I started applying the feminine principles that I learned, not about massive action and taking action. And it was about seeing and visualizing and feeling. So I'm like, I see myself with $30,000 in two weeks when the program started. And I can feel $30,000 falling into my Wells Fargo banking account in two weeks. I see it. I feel it all the way back to LA. I'm driving with my three ring binder under one arm and the DVD under the other arm. I see myself with $30,000 in five days, in four days. My husband was like, Gina, what are we going to do with? I'm like, nope, we will think or speak nothing other than the complete and total manifestation of the $30,000 being in my bank account. Well, two days before the deadline, I'm working with one of my three clients on marriage coaching, because obviously I didn't know anything about business at the time. And we're just going to call him um, Bill. And Bill's <laughs> like, this is great. My marriage is, I'm so happy. This is amazing. Before we wrap up, I just have one question for you. And I'm like, well, what's that, Bill? And he says, uh, I'm thinking about wanting you to coach my sales team. I was like, oh God, for six months, I kept it so focused on marriage issues because I needed to make sure he did not know I was an idiot when it came to do with anything having to do with money or business. I knew he was a business owner, but I didn't even know what he did. And so I said, "Uh, Bill, what do you sell? He says, with a straight face, basement waterproofing. (laughs) Really, God? Really, universe? I mean, I did not look that different then than I do. I'm a basement waterproofing sales director. Well, how many people are on your team? I thought that sounded like a smart business question. I was proud of myself. He says, 10. I'm out. I got nothing left. I didn't know what else to say. I had no business questions in me. Didn't know what was going on. And he says, so what do I do? Buy 10 of those $6,000 packages of yours? Obviously, Bill. That's exactly what you do. (laughs) And in two weeks, I had been used to making $24,000 a year. In two weeks, not 30, but $60,000 came in, not from dialing for dollars, not from massive action, but from seeing it and feeling it and seeing it and feeling it and having my thoughts create my reality. Wow. Your first story was amazing. Now this one just like knocked my socks off and ah, so good. I think that hearing this from real people is so incredibly inspiring and motivating, especially because when you hear it sometimes like on a stage or on a Ted talk, or you read it in a book, it's like, okay, is it embellished to some degree or is this put on and are we acting? But like, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm just like on the edge of my seat. Like, this is incredible. And then it brings it totally back to like, this is absolutely possible for anyone. Our thoughts control everything that's possible or not possible for us. Mm-hmm. And 
we can have the best strategies, the best plans, the whatever, but if there's not that alignment from this other intangible, as you said earlier, which is very, very hard, right? It's not quantitative. This is qualitative. And so especially people who are, we need to see the data, like this is hard because we can't quantify this piece the same way, but yet you are living, breathing proof that this freaking matters like a lot. It does. And it's not just me. And it's not just these two stories. My book is filled with story after story after story of me and of, you know, I've worked with women in over a hundred countries from around the world. And there's so many different examples from so many different walks of life that when a woman uses feminine principles, a man can use them too, but we're talking to women here. So when a woman uses feminine principles to create her wealth, to draw the opportunities to her, to start first with an inspiration and then take inspired action. It's like massive action just wears us out and blows out our adrenals. But inspired action is that time when you can go work for 12 hours and it doesn't even feel like work. Yeah. And that's the part of also like knowing ourselves more, right? What does inspire us? What does create pleasure? What is the thing that we desire? Taking time to actually explore that. So I want to talk about a very specific piece of this and back to breaking it down. How do you visualize? Like, do you have any tips around that? When when you spoke about you're driving back and you've got the notebook under and the CD, like are there parts to visualization that over time you have seen to be more important than not? Or is it just any act of visualization of your future self? No, it's a great question. And it is really important. I've even, so I've been doing this for 20 years now. And when you do something for 20 years, you're going to refine it and get better and notice Mm -hmm. different nuances. So I've always thought like, okay, have the desire, see it, feel it, you know, and, and bring it through to manifestation. More recently, I've been uprooted looking for a home and I thought I wanted to live in New York City. So I was pounding the pavement there, looking around, looking around. And then I realized I went to Europe for a couple months and I was like, I actually want to live here. And this is one of those things I always said, well, one day I'll live in an Italian farmhouse and one day in the future. And I just thought, well, why not now? Like, I, I don't know. I just had this mentality that I needed to live in the United States right now. So what I understood is that even having the desire made it in the future. So like wanting something and and like trying to call it in is even a harder way to do it. And the nuance that I discovered is if I could see it and feel it as if it were already done, it would magnetize it to me faster. So When I was in Italy, I started working with the realtor, doing all the masculine things, right? Doing all the logical things. You want to live in Italy, you get a realtor, you go, you look at houses, you go online, you search the web, you pound the pavement, like you do the things to find the house. That's what we're taught. And everything I looked at, it wasn't quite it. It was, this was too big. This was too small. Nothing was quite right. And I have come too far in life to settle. Like it's got to be wow factor, especially if it's going to be living in Italy. And so I started rather than wanting to live in Italy, and I started visualizing myself like as I would go to sleep at night, I would see myself and feel myself going to sleep 
in my Italian farmhouse. And even if I was like in a hotel or traveling around, like when I would go to make coffee, I would visualize and imagine and feel me making a cappuccino in my kitchen, in my Italian farmhouse. I would visualize a view of the Duomo as I opened the window in the morning. So like I was in the experience of it being already done. And after about 10 weeks in Europe, I I flew home, didn't find it, but I, it was okay because I knew the power was within me. It wasn't about what was on the market and being there and any of that. And literally the, I don't know, handful of days after I landed, I get pictures sent to me on WhatsApp from this Italian realtor. I, I envisioned a wood burning fireplace, like that I'm like in Italy in the winter with the wood going. What I ended up receiving was I wanted four bedrooms, I got five. I wanted this beautiful kitchen. There's two indoor kitchens and a third outdoor kitchen. There's two wood burning fireplaces. Like the place is beyond, there's a view with the Duomo, there's countryside. Like it's, it's what it's beyond what I could have even come up with. And so I'm just here to say it works in every area of your life. So really getting specific, getting granular and making sure that you are embodying those visualizations as much as possible in every way is really what I heard there. From the place of it being already done, not granular in an Excel spreadsheet, like in the, the details of like, hearing the clink of the spoon on the cappuccino mug, you know, like, you know, like, like, but playing with it, it it shouldn't be work. Like it's like that feeling like that daydreamy, like, you know, slinking into bed at night, just knowing that like I was going to sleep in this Italian farmhouse. It's like feeling it and experiencing it. I think that's probably the best word that it's already done. Mm -hmm. So good. So my follow-up question to this is, do you find that this is equally possible for everyone? Or is there a specific type of person or a person at a specific season or point in their life where this work flows a bit more naturally? And to kind of summarize that, are there things that people do to make this harder on themselves than it needs to be? The answer to all of those questions is yes, this is available (laughs) to everyone. This is in everyone. There's a certain formula that must be followed for it to work. Mm -hmm. You can't visualize and feel something and and believe that it's never going to happen for you. That Mm. cancels that out. You can't have a mentality that it's going to take a long time and have it happen really quickly. That cancels it out. Anybody who is willing to drop status quo mentality that this needs to be hard, it's going to take a long time. I mean, I've had to drop all my beliefs about am I being irresponsible with money? Should I wait till later? You know, like all that stuff and really be committed to following my heart's desires and doing life on my terms that fuels me with passion is my responsibility. Like really well-meaning people. So here's an example where I was in New York looking for the home. It didn't appear. And my husband was like, it was August or whatever. He's like, Gina, why don't we just get an Airbnb in Florida? We'll get grounded. You're going into a launch in September, get through the launch. We can go to Italy for white truffle season in October. Like let's, and then we can do that. And I was like, 
I don't want to go to Florida in September. Like it wasn't my, my passion. So I had to be there. I had to be my own number one best advocate. And he and I have a great, beautiful, supportive relationship, but I had to be visible to myself and my dream. So I was like, I'm out of here. And he's like, well, I'm going to go get the Airbnb and I'll meet you there. And I was like, fine, you do you and I'm going to do me. But that took a lot of courage, even in our really loving marriage. It's like for me to say, if I say, yes, I'm going to come to Florida right now, I will be self-abandoning. I don't want to come to Florida. Mm. It's not where I want to be. So like I had to drop that. And at that point, I didn't even know that Italy was the, the dream, that it ended up coming from being in the adventure. I had to, at the time, we didn't have a place in the United States. It's like, what are you doing going to get a place in Italy? We don't have one in the United States. I'm like, well, I'll get our second home first. What's wrong with that? He's like, what's wrong with that? Like, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> it'll come. Well, and it did come. And then we bought a home in Florida. Like it's like, I can take a stand for the end, but it wasn't linear. You're supposed to get a home in the United States. And then when everything else is taken care of or all the boxes are checked, then you can go look at your Italian dream. So I had to, one of the reasons why I thought Italy was so far in the future is because it had all these rules. I thought, well, I would have to buy the Italian farmhouse. I didn't buy this. I'm renting it. I'm like, Mm. I have my money allocated in other places and I wanted to be there now. And so I was like, when I started to say, where do I want to live now? I was like, Italy. And I started calculating the logical, the masculine, like, I don't have the money to go buy an Italian farmhouse because you can't get financing. It's a whole thing. Like, and then I was like, I could rent, you know, like you, like the way starts to be shown when you're coming from a place of passion. And then, you know, I'm sure every financial advisor listening is like, oh my God, you're throwing your money away on rent. I'm living my dream, people. I'm living my dream. And I have a very successful business and I'm just doing it on my terms. And the more you give yourself permission to live a life you love, the more money you're going to make, the happier, the healthier, all the things. Yeah. I think that that is the important message. Like do it in a way that feels good to you because there's so many stories that come in when we start going down our path. Well, I should be doing this and I shouldn't do it this way. And I need to do this. And, but like, what do you want? Just like you said, I don't want to go to Florida right now. Right. And that did take courage. So I'm glad that you called it courage because it, like I was listening to that. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I could have done that. I would want to, right? I, but it's really, and even, even with having an amazing husband that's super supportive, but still like, this is part of that growth is like, okay, what was I able to do? What could I learn from that? That, and you trusted yourself and it turned out amazing. And so that is another beautiful illustration of how this all works. So Gosh, I feel like we could talk about this topic forever, which obviously is why you've built an entire amazing business around that. And I was looking at your website last night and reading some of the amazing things that people have to say about you. And that is one thing that I really noticed is there was such diversity in the types of women that appear to work with you, like from the type of business to what their wins were. So tell us a little bit for the women that are listening, like who do you work with and who is right for your programs and how can people work with you if they're listening and they're like, oh my God, I need more of Gina in my life. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yes. It's something that I have really prided myself in. There were a number of intentions that I set my business up for that, that I think 
everybody does and they have their own divine living is about having a meaningful career in a luxurious lifestyle, whatever that luxury is to you. If, it, if that luxury is having the luxury of time with your kids, the luxury of space in nature, or if you want to have a martini with me at Le Maurice in Paris, like you do. <laughs> Like in my book, I talk about, you know, whether it's Birkenstocks or a Birkin, like you decide who you're going to be, you know, like, like every queen gets to choose for herself. Um, I would say the first thing is come on over to divineliving.com. If you go to divineliving.com forward slash book, you can see the places that uh, the book is sold. And that's going to really give you the foundation and the depth and the breadth and not just my stories, but other people's stories Mm. from 20s to 80s and and everywhere in between and from so many different countries around the world. There's a free companion course to the book. So definitely download this. There's videos and workbooks in there and that kind of thing. Divineliving.com forward slash audacity. And we'll put this in the show notes too, guys. Wonderful. And I mean, I have uh, an app, it's called the Q Club. So if you want all things queen on the go, prayers, meditations, snappy videos, adventures in Italy, uh, divineliving.com forward slash app will give you a two week free trial. And my programs now are, they, they range in it's, it's most more called own your throne. And it's really about being in power in your life. And then you'll pick where that is for you. So if you get on my list or follow me on Instagram, you'll get all the updates on when there's the next retreat or class or mastermind. But if you get the free companion course, divineliving.com forward slash audacity, that will also, that will get you the free um, companion course. Plus get on the list so you'll get all the updates. Ooh, I love it. Okay. And from somebody who just got back from a retreat in the South of France, like you were speaking a lot of my love languages. So yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, Gina, thank you so much for all of this today and just speaking realness into something that is so important and yet very, very new to a lot of people listening to this podcast today. And so I think that you made this so relatable and inspiring and intriguing in the sense that, okay, I need to lean into this a little bit more and figure out what that means for me. So thank you. Thank you. It's my my pleasure. And I know it can sound a little foreign at the beginning, the book will really break down. There's there's exercises and there's, you know, different how-tos in there to make this kind of invisible topic that might even sound a little woo-woo, very practical. You know, I haven't built a multi-million dollar business just from like sitting on my couch and, and hoping. <laughs> so there is a real methodology there that's available to everyone. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm just really excited to have you in my world. Mm, it's the pleasure and honor has been mine. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you're looking to join a community of female entrepreneurs focused on the growth of their online business, be sure to check out the Uplevel Lounge community on Facebook. As always, you can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at melissafrolick.com. See you here next week.